welcome back to the ESP Recruitment Podcast. Today I'm joined by my colleagues Izzy and Revere. Hi guys. Hi. And we're going to be carrying on from our uh, themes from the last couple of podcasts where we spoke to you about how to prep your CV and how to prepare uh, for interviews. Today's topic, we're going to actually talk about how to actually approach the interview itself. So this is the bit where you're actually inside the room um, and maybe some of you don't realise, but there is actually a strategy here to approach a sales interview that's really important that, uh, that you follow. So before we kick off, I uh, just want to say thank you to everybody for all your fantastic feedback. We've genuinely been overwhelmed, haven't we, yeah, by some definitely. of the um, comments that people have made, and it's, it's really good that people are finding this valuable, because that's exactly why we're, we're taking the time to do it for you. So um, let, let's kick off then. I think what Izzy and River and I are going to do is, is try and walk through the interview a little bit for you, because there's quite a lot of detail to, to cover here. So... Um, over to you, Izzy. What, what do you think somebody should do once they're sat in that seat and they're about to um, start the interview? So the way that I um, always approach this with my candidates when I'm giving them the brief is to bear in mind, first and foremost, that you should be treating this interview as you would an initial sales meeting. Um, and by that, what I mean is um, qualifying this meeting from the beginning. So, for example, how long have you got? You know, if they've only got half an hour um, and you've not answered the first question 25 minutes in, you're in some real trouble. So you absolutely have to qualify, first of all, how long they've got. So important. Um, and secondly, qualify what they're looking for. I mean, you know, ideally, you, you'll be going into this interview with a fairly good idea as to what the job description is and what the most important things are for the client. But ask them. Let them tell you and then, um, you know, sell yourself in accordingly. So it's actually really quite structured, isn't it? That Absolutely. You're laying down a structure that's quite important. I do, and I do agree that time bit is really key because you've got mm. to fit in enough time for all the, the parts of the strategy. So what, what else, Revere, do you need to do in that interview? Yeah, absolutely. So I would say, you know, you definitely need to keep it relevant. Um, so some common mistakes which I've sort of encountered is, you know, people waffling on, um, not sort of covering off or answering the question properly. Yeah. So what I would recommend doing after each question, um, you know, once you've you've answered it, is just make sure again that you've covered it off. Just sort of, you know, ask the question. So how would you phrase that? Did I cover that off for you? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I think that's exactly right. It's um, a case of fact finding. It's a case of making sure you understand exactly the requirement, just like you would with a customer. What's the problem here? What What's the solution that you need? And then you're able to talk back to the interviewer with mm-hmm. your relevant experience. And I think that is something that lots of salespeople make a mistake of not doing, is they want to talk to an interviewer about all the other 80, 90% of other things that they've achieved or that they've done. Mm. that might just not be right for this yeah. job. Yeah. It might just not, not, be, uh, not be needed. Mm. Okay, so what are some of the um, mistakes that people might make in an interview? What are some of the other things that people might, might do wrong? I think touching back on that that point about um, making sure to keep it relevant, um, I think that for me is probably the one that crops up most often. For example, you know, it's great, it demonstrates a lot about the value you can bring to a team by, you know, the fact you've mentored two or three people, that's fantastic. But if you're applying for an individual contributor role where you're carrying a personal target, it just doesn't matter. It's it's not relevant, you know, keep 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 to what they need to hear. Yeah, we had we had a great example, didn't we, yesterday? We had um and this is a classic interview question, which is a, is a trap that an interviewer might lay. And the trap was, um, tell me about your career. And what did the candidate do? 
well, my first role back in 1993. You're yeah. thinking, God, here we and go. 45 minutes later, they're still going. <laughs> so, so a simple qualifying question, which is, what exactly do you need to know? Or um, even like, you know, how, how long have you got? How much detail do you want me to go into? Can Maybe the interviewer wants you to go into War mm. and Peace for 45 minutes, but if you don't find that out, then guess what? Unsuccessful. Well, surely yeah. it's better as well to ask them again, you know, get them to repeat the question. You're going to look far less stupid getting them to repeat the question than you are going off on a tangent. Yeah. Okay. So I think that covers quite a lot there, and um, hopefully that makes sense. So what are some of the... What are some of the things that might happen in an interview that throw you off your stride? So some of the things you might not expect. Yeah, so I mean like unexpected, you know, people in the interview. Um, there's a there's a classic anecdote in the ESP office of um, a sales director in the middle of a, a panel interview taking off his shoe and start banging it on the table. Okay. Um, and I think his reason for that was to sort of see whether it would put the candidate off and see what his reaction would be. Yeah. Pretty pretty brutal. But. <laughs> Such an extreme example. Yeah. <laughs> I think um, I think on on people being there, you're not expecting to be there. Um, I think that's really important. For example, don't be thrown off if. Um, you know, they bring the pre-sales guy in to come and meet you. It's probably a good sign, actually. Yeah. If, if they bring people into the room you're not expecting to meet, great. It, it shows that they want you to meet the team. Don't, don't be mm. put off by it. Yeah, Sorry, I, was gonna, yeah I was going to say another thing that sort of puts people off is, um, like, you know, maybe the interview not being as engaged as you'd like them to be. Yeah. Um, and I think what you've got to bear in mind is, like, th- these, these guys are people too. Like, you know, imagine if they've had a long day and they've gone through four interviews. Um, they're not going to be on top form, whereas you're going to be absolutely pumped for this interview. Yeah, so you've got to bear that in mind. Yeah, I mean, I think ideally we'd like it where an employer was as engaged as, a, as an interviewee yeah. in, in a meeting. That's not always always possible for the, some of the reasons you've said. So, is the reason the person sat looking at their mobile phone because they're bored because you're not answering the questions properly? So often yeah. it might be down to you as an interviewee not actually engaging the person yourself yeah. which is why they're not they're not paying attention i think what you've got to bear in mind as well is <coughs> with all of this stuff is just to make sure that you don't get thrown off your stride mm. and keep going as if as if all is going well yeah, yeah that's a really important one it's just like the, the example i always give candidates it's just like your driving test so i know that was a <laughs> hell of a long time ago for me and maybe not too long ago for you but um how many friends did you have at college or mates at uni or whatever that failed and it's because they made a mistake in the first few minutes and it, they just crumbled yeah. yeah versus the friends that like made a mistake and got on with it and got like i can't remember the system like 10 minors but you, <laughs> you got through yeah it's just the same here it's about keeping positive yeah. and, and keeping moving forward feedback yeah. that i get quite often from clients as well is that you know they, they did lose it they, they went off on a bit of a tangent it got a bit fluffy but they brought it back around it's you know it, it's not a it's not a game yeah. ender and that that's good because what what are the clients, sorry, we call them clients, but interviewers, what are they actually looking to measure? They're looking to measure what you like as a salesperson. Yeah. So if you found a sales manager, a salesperson that was perfect and faultless and never got flustered in an interview, in a client presentation, mm. they're probably not real. They probably <laughs> don't exist, right? Everybody's human, like you yeah, said. Yeah, absolutely. So um, to get something wrong and then pull it back it's actually a really positive it's impressive yeah yeah that's a really good thing okay so um we've talked about understanding uh how long you've got we've talked about applying the structure we've talked about fact finding talking to the client uh, to the interviewer only about your relevant experience how important then at the end of that meeting coming up to the last 10 minutes 
you look at your watch, how important is the clothes? The most, the most yeah. important part of that meeting. I cannot stress enough how <laughs> important it is. How many candidates do we see, let's say out of, say, every 50 interviews mm-hmm. um, where the candidate isn't successful, how many is because they've not closed, would you say, out of 50 <laughs> or out of 100? I, I'd say most. Yeah, the vast majority, yeah. definitely. I think it's it's the most common um, unsuccessful feedback that I hear. And, and more often than not, um, candidates know they've done it. They, it's not that they um, kind of forgot, it's that they didn't think it was um, appropriate. Okay. Um, they, did, they didn't think that that was the direction it was going in or they thought that the, the interviewer closed them by telling them when the next stage was, if it was a final, for example. But it always is. It's always, always, always appropriate to close, yeah. no matter what, no matter how you feel at yeah. the end of that interview. And how heartbreaking is it as a recruiter to <laughs> take that interview feedback from a candidate and then say to you, it wasn't appropriate to close? It's soul-shattering. <laughs> <laughs> I think I what's hard to maybe for us to understand is when you're with a client and you're at the end of a meeting, surely you agree the next steps. Mm-hmm. I get it, you're not closing for the business because that might not be appropriate. You might have other stages to get through. The same way maybe you wouldn't close for the job mm-hmm. in the first interview. Yeah. But you'd at least want to know, I'm not through to the next yeah. stage. But also the effort and time that you've put into this mm. interview, yeah. why would you want to sort of leave that hanging? You, you would want to close it off and sort of see you know, where it's going. Yeah, so what we're not saying here is if you're really consultative and your style is to make a um, client or a customer or an interviewer feel really relaxed. You don't need to switch your style and become super yeah. transactional aggressive closer. But it's something simple like what, what could you say for example at the end of an interview what would be quite a soft but, but effective close? Yeah. So if, if I'm briefing a, a candidate um, who's not naturally um, you know, a hard closer or particularly transactional um, I'll advise them to say something like um, you know do you think I'm right for the job? What are the next steps? Will, will I be there? You know, um, are you going to recommend me to, to be put forward to the final stage? You know, it, do, it doesn't have to be aggressive at all. But if you've if you've not left the interview knowing whether or not you're going to the next one, chances are you're not. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I, I always like the close. Do you have any reservations on my profile yeah. as well? Because you can address it there and then in front of them. Yeah. And it, it sort of circumnavigates the whole situation of you leaving the interview, we getting the feedback, and yeah, then yeah, yeah. Re- relaying these reservations to you, and then you having to sort of combat them then afterwards. Yeah, and it's super important as well, isn't it? Um, even if you're in the interview and you're like, I'm not sure if this rolls for me, I'm not sure mm. if I really like it, it's still that important you close. Because yeah. if you don't, you're just going to get beaten yeah. by somebody yeah. else. So I think. You can even go one further than that, I think, and just say, at the end of the meeting, look, Mr. and Mrs. Interviewer, I've really enjoyed this meeting today. Mm-hmm. I think it's a great opportunity for reasons X, Y, and Z. What do you think of me? Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. I mean, you know, you don't, you just don't need to get yeah. out of your comfort zone. You just ask it in a nice mm-hmm. way. That's not That's aggressive it. at all. No, it's like really don't. reasonable. How reasonable is that? Yeah. Okay. Um, so I know we've already done a whole podcast on this but um questions at the end of the interview just quickly if anyone's not listened to that first one how important are the questions you ask and what do you need to ask yeah they're, they're absolutely integral i think yeah um and, and like you mentioned we, we have discussed this in a previous podcast so definitely recommend listening <laughs> to that um but i suppose like unnecessary questions and um questions that we would sort of avoid is you know asking daft things like you know um 
how much is the car allowance and things like that I don't think that bolsters um, your profile with the interviewer um, and then there are much better mm. questions to have prepared mm-hmm. I think you can make your um, your preparation and um, you know your whole your whole strategy here demonstrable by the, the questions that you ask yeah. as well um, for example if um, if you link it back to uh, the, the company vision the company culture you know make it about the client um, that's that's going to do you a massive favor yeah yeah so what we're saying here is what you don't want to be asking is a what's in it for me question yeah so how much how long's the holiday you know, do I get a car? Do I get a car? <laughs> like, you know, that is far later in the process. Ask those things when they want to offer you the job. Yeah. Okay. Um, a couple more things, a couple more important things. As an interviewee, as a salesperson in an interview, if you're not asked by the interviewer mm-hmm. in a first interview, do you bring up salary? Never would be my advice. <laughs> okay. What about you, I, I, I'd agree with that. I, I don't think that's something that you sort of need to bring up in an interview. The interview's there to showcase you, um, so you need to create that value. And I know that you did a video on this fairly recently, James, and I feel like you, you articulated it really well. But you can't sort of go into a customer meeting and be like, yeah. you need to pay this without demonstrating the product, so why would you do an interview? Yeah. yeah, so we see, don't we, time and time and time again, the people that get the biggest offers, the biggest uplift on their salary, their OTE, their benefits, um, all that great stuff, their holidays, all the things that you really want are the people that demonstrate the most value throughout the process mm. and reach a point where that company and the senior decision makers in that employer are unanimous that they have to get this individual into the business. It's yeah. business critical. Yeah. And guess what they end up with? A fantastic offer. Mm-hmm. The people that lead in the first interview with oh just before we go did you know I'm on a 70k base and it says you only pay 60 they're the ones that just don't get invited back for second stage it's just really really poor okay so let's spin that another another way slightly what happens then at the end of the interview maybe it's gone quite well and the interviewer says to you oh by the way what's your salary how do do you answer that question what are your expectations what are you looking for how how do you answer that one I think firstly be, be very very clear as to what it is that you're on at the moment and um, mm-hmm. that's something that we would always try and qualify with candidates f- from the get-go as well you know what's your basic does it include a car allowance what what have you earned over the last few years because you know that that's a good indicator as to you know what what your value is and like you said yeah. if you've done a fantastic interview you don't need to worry about securing a great salary because you'll get it yeah, yeah absolutely and I think a, a good way to sort of demonstrate that is, you know, bringing that pace of evidence. Yes, definitely. It, it just adds another layer of credibility to, to your program. I love it when candidates, when you've not, um, you know, advised them to do it, when they turn up at interviews with their P60s, yeah. it's great. And a little prank file. Yeah. Well. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, I think what, you, what you're doing there, there's two things, isn't there? There's, um, you're confirming the price, like your, my current price is this what you're actually saying is somebody else is already paying that so mm. it's the buyer for the employer they're not feeling um, you know that they're being ripped off they're not feeling that you're trying to get 20 or 30k more for yeah. whatever reason yeah um but also i was thinking about this the other day how often do candidates come to you and say um i think i'm worth more in the market do you ever get candidates yeah i get that, that i get that very regularly and i think sometimes i do agree with it I think sometimes you speak to candidates that have been in an organisation and they've done really well, but they've been there for a long time. And but if you think about it, you you probably agree with them because they've come to you and said, "Hey, I'm on I'm on a sixty k basic, but I've been earning one hundred and eighty for the last few years. Yeah. Therefore, I think I'm worth X amount." And you that's probably why you agree because they've they've demonstrated that to you. 
I think that's a really good point, Izzy. And I was thinking about this the other day. The market. You're the market. Yeah. Yeah. As an individual salesperson, yeah. there's no such thing. Your value in the market is simply the value an employer is willing to invest in you because you've demonstrated the importance of them having you in their business or not in a competitor's business doing yeah. damage to them. So there's not really any such thing as market value. There is to an extent there's an approximate value. Yeah. But in terms of how high or how low that is, that is totally down to you as the interviewee to go mm-hmm. and demonstrate why somebody has to has to invest in you. Yeah. Okay. Um right, okay, so we did this last time, it worked quite well. We talked through a heck of a lot of stuff there. So I'm going to ask you for your one tip, the most important thing you think that salespeople should should consider when they're about to start an interview. Ask you with a yeah, I'd say keep it relevant. Um, you know, keep to the keep to the brief, keep it concise, articulate. Waffle equals unsuccessful. Yes. <laughs> Isn't. Um, mine would be that you have to close, you know, that there's no point having done a great interview where you have kept it relevant and concise and you've stuck to the brief and, you know, it's, it's been fantastic only to end on a, on a really underwhelming finish. I think that that's, you know, really unfortunate and, and avoid that at all costs. Close. Yeah. And so for me, and I said it before, it's really important that you demonstrate the value before you negotiate on price. And I know that's classic sales training, but you'd be surprised how many salespeople don't make the link between having to do that with your customer and having to having to do it in an interview so how was that 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 felt like we covered quite a lot there yeah Yeah, i think we've covered absolutely loads great so thank you for listening i hope that has been valuable like i said we've been really thrilled with all the great feedback so it's given us a heck of a lot of encouragement to do a lot more of these uh, podcasts that are all going to be themed around how to help salespeople do a great job in an interview and you know, earn more money and progress your career. I guess that's that's what it's all about. So next time we're going to be doing presentations, aren't we? So yeah. how to tackle the dreaded 306090, how to tackle the dreaded account plan presentation and, and all that good stuff. So if you've got any ideas, anything you might want some help with or you'd like us to cover, then uh, drop us a line and we'll be really thrilled to, to hear from you. But um, until next time, we'll, we'll see you again. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. Cheers. Thank you.